All right, well, that's cool. Well, Sandra was teaching the kids this morning, I believe. How did it go? It was fun. It was cool, eh? I was up there last week, and I was getting hooked on the movie. Oh, this is a cool movie. Rodney, can I have this at home? <laughs> so let's welcome her as she comes and shares with us more about prayer. Well, I wasn't going to... Um, I did download this song because I was thinking about it over the weekend, but I wasn't going to do it, um, certainly at the beginning. But I think after that testimony, I'd just like to play this song. Now, um, please don't get all morose about it. It's not. <laughs> it's the most powerful, powerful testimony of a song, this one. We'll just have a listen to that and we'll proceed after that, eh? Turn to the Lord, the one who's broken, the one who's torn me apart. You strike down to bind me up. You say you do it all in love, that I might know you in your suffering.
that guy wrote that after he'd lost his mother. And um, he really means that. <laughs> he's He's been taken on a journey just like, you know, Sina was sharing. And, and um, isn't it a strange thing? Actually, you know what the topic is? It's, it's this posture of thanksgiving and gratefulness. And yet I start with a song about what happens if he slays us. But you see, he is doing something in us and building himself in us that will stand no matter what. And, and when we, when we see and read the accounts of, of the apostles and the, you know, the people like Stephen and all those that, the incredible suffering that they had, you know, why should we be surprised that suffering might actually be on the horizon? Yeah? And, and everything has meaning because it is producing in us this great weight of glory. And that lasts. The stuff that we want to keep and hold on to doesn't last anyway. So it's an absolutely beautiful thing. Um, now that's the end. <laughs> um, but I, today I, I just, it is all about what is this? This, um, what is it about the life that he gives us that, um, wells up on the inside in the midst of this? What is it? And, and it is this, this joy of who he is. It is the substance of Christ in us. Um, and I just want to, I, I want to invite Amy, beautiful Amy. <laughs> she was at our table, um, last week. And, you know, there was that question about, you know, what is your prayer look like and how does that reflect your relationship with God? And I was just, just so blessed. Um, so I asked her, I know she doesn't like doing this, but it is such a blessing um, for her just to tell you what she told us. Um, so go for it, Amy. Cool. Um, so I guess I'll give a bit of context, I suppose. Um, I guess this year, especially, I've kind of truly started to understand what it like what it means to love God with your whole heart and to truly seek him above all else. And, and I didn't come to this um, through being broken or being put in this really terrible situation where he, where I required him to mend me, but it was more he was placing me in these situations where I was called to reflect Christ and as he would give me these situations and be like so what are you going to do what are you going to do with this and and I guess my response each time it was more of Christ like the less sorry sometimes I struggle with finding these words Um, I found I was pouring more of myself out and he was flowing in, if that makes sense. And so 
I was more under this, you know, just under the true love of him and he was in me and the more he was filling me, I kind of realized how um, how blessed I am to know him, you know, how much how much of a privilege it is to get to to love him and get get to spend eternity with like he died for me well for us and I know I am so undeserving of that and my love is nothing compared to his and and honestly just yeah anyway and so as that I found myself my posture of prayer as I was being changed so was that and it was no longer about me. It was no longer about, oh God, I'm sorry. Um, like I'm sorry for what I did. And then his response every time, is, I forgive you, move forward. But it was just this cycle of nothing. And I feel like you can just fool yourself into thinking that you're truly under his love. And, well, not obviously you're always in his love, but. You're truly working out of his love when really it's just yourself. You're telling yourself this. And so I I stopped kind of making it about myself. And I just thank him now, you know, for, for his love. I thank him for how blessed I am to know him. I thank you. I thank him for his greatness and I'm in complete awe of who he is. And then. Now my response when, because now I work in a restaurant and sometimes I have to deal with really difficult people. And I remember there was this one night where there was this lady and she just, I was, my, my, my patience was really tested. And, um, and afterwards, like, I left feeling a bit hurt and stuff. But I was able to sit there and thank him for her life and just pray for her and it wasn't like because you can't get rid of hate with more hate and so now my prayer posture I guess is more if people are firing at me to fire back at them but with love and prayer you know that response and just thank him for yeah, just for being him, because I guess you can't really describe. Um. Awesome. <laughs> wow, that is so cool. <laughs> Next Sunday morning. <laughs> oh boy. So um, I just want to recap a little bit um, on what Mel said last week because um, it was really precious and I'm, I'm hoping that all of you have heard it and if you haven't, please, please listen to it because it was very, it was just, um, it was gold, it was like dripping gold. Um, so she was really talking about this posture of abiding prayer that that um, that it it comes from being and it's not something that you can learn external of yourself you don't sort of say well can you give me the three steps to abiding in him (laughs) Um, it's not sort of how to's but it's a state of being and she described it so beautifully and she she um, talked again about it's not up 
to us to produce the fruit, but it is up to us to remain and abide in him. And, um, you know, out of this, everything flows from him. So it, it's in him in us that causes everything to flow out of, right? So his presence and his power which works in us, that's what our faith is in. It's not in our working out, it's in his working in us. And um, that's what produces his fruit. And, and, you know, I was thinking about the, the vine and, the, and the, the fruit on the vine. Every tree produces fruit after its kind, doesn't it? Really interesting. So when we abide in the vine, we produce fruit after the character of Christ because he is the vine, right? So if, if we look, I, w- I won't read through the scripture, but it's in, in the um, questions and stuff. Um, John 15, 1 to 11. You can have a good read at that um, when you get into this discussion times, but that's talking about I am the vine, my father is the vine dre- uh, dresser, and every branch, it's talking about abiding in him, that you can't abide fruit outside of that. And I was thinking, you know, vines produce grapes, they don't produce something else. So what comes out of Christ comes out of us when we abide in him. So we have to ask ourselves a few sort of heart-searching questions. So did grumbling and complaining come out of Christ? What about self-centeredness? Just to name a couple of things. But let's have a look at what did come out. Let's have a think about how many times Christ gave thanks and he praised his Father. Was that not his whole posture? If, if you look, um, and we'll just have a look now, if you like, at um, what we call the Lord's Prayer, but it's really it's just him teaching some principles about prayer in Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Um, you'll all know it. <laughs> But I hope you can hear it. The problem is that we know it and we don't even hear it. And we think it's something and it's not. It's, it's not a, a thing to recite, but it has, it has a depth of, I mean, we could dig into it. I don't want to dig into it today, but I just want to let, let's step back from it and have a look at its main focus. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. To me, the main focus on that is, number one, it comes out of an intimate relationship. God wasn't called Father before Jesus said these words. I thought that was pretty, whoa. They weren't used to hearing that for a start. So it comes out of this intimacy of sonship. And the whole whole heart of it the whole entire 
um, prayer, if you like, is this longing that he would be honoured. That's that's the whole thing. And you know that that his will would be done, his kingdom, his lordship, his everything would be established according to his pattern. I was thinking just the other day, it just struck me, and I'm sure it's nothing new, but it was new to me. It was like the whole purpose of life is to give my life to God. You know, each person has been given a gift of life. And each person has got an opportunity. Will you give that back to him? And that's the whole reason to be. <laughs> you know? And it is so fulfilling to to know that and to come to this place that we were actually made for, designed for, was to give our life entirely to him. That's what a living sacrifice is. But it's not like a maybe sometimes... It, that's the whole reason for being, it, for being created. You know, in, in that, in the Matthew 6 passage, it, it's just nestled in the middle. Outside is all this that he would be honoured, the whole entire thing. Nestled in the middle, middle is the, the whole thing about dependency. So it's describing that we need you. That, that you are our daily bread. Who is the bread of life? Jesus. And that is going to be revealed as, as Jesus speaks later on in, in this, this, um, area of scripture. You know, that, that the key of forgiveness and, and our responsibility in that, um, all that he has given us, that we are totally, we are totally reliant um, and able to receive power to overcome evil. You know, um, the, the temptation is us that gets tempted. God doesn't dangle things. It's, you know, it says in other parts of scripture that it's our, our sinful desires that lead us there, but he gives us the power to overcome. So this whole prayer is in the middle of it is this dependency on our king. And knowing that in him is all life and all the power to, to live life. And the reason why is to honor him. You know? I, I was thinking the other day that, um, and I was so pleased that, that Mel spoke on this abiding and, and Paul talked, um, also into this whole area of, um, I think we get kind of locked up in compartments as um, if we've been walking with God for two minutes. <laughs> um, it's just like everything's compartmentalized. So prayer is this thing that we study about. And, and um, you know, we talk about our prayer life. And um, even in prayer, we have little compartments. We have intercession and we have... Um, you know, the, um, let me get my words, supplication, petition, thanksgiving, all those things, they're little compartments within. And, and it's all of life. This is, 
This is where I think we just get, I don't know whether it's the whole Greek philosophy thing that's shaped our thinking as, as human beings, but it is not the way God sees things. It's all. And to me, my prayer life is my life. It's not done there and there and there. It is everything. It's, it's the fruit of this connection with the vine. And, and I don't go in and out of the vine. So why would I go in and out of prayer? Does that make sense? Um, so I, I, I think we've just got to be a bit careful sometimes because we come with this, we have the desire to improve our prayer life. We kind of come with this, this, this longing and we perhaps are not interpreting the longing which can be the Holy Spirit drawing us. We kind of misinterpret and think I've got to do something different in a different way. But actually the Holy Spirit is calling us to Him. That's, that's what it is. He's calling us to Himself. He's calling us to lay aside everything else and seek Him. And that's, that's it. The, the, Trying to do it in the right way is it often just kind of sends us up these little pathways and doesn't bring us into the life of um, of Him in us. To me, prayer is it's like the fruit of my relationship and connection. It's also like the sap that's within my life that comes from Him. So it's two way. Sometimes for me, prayer is words. Sometimes it's like a breath. Sometimes a melody, a sigh, a leaning into him, a thought even. Sometimes it's been a scream. It really has been a scream. A sob, a deep cry, a groan from within that can find no words. The, the most overriding feature that um, has, it, it has had a huge impact on me in the, the whole, his whole changing my thinking around it has been this thankfulness and gratitude though. Um, you know, it's not something that's hard now, but but he has brought me into this desire. Like when I wake up, I want him to have my first thoughts. I, I want to, to love him <laughs> first. Do you know? Um, um, Chris and I will love to just listen to his word being read as we're drifting off to sleep. I love that because it, it's going in my head and I'm meditating on the word and then I drift off to sleep and, and, and in the morning I'll pick up something that he's given me, a little treasure that I've been meditating on through the night. But all through life, all through day to day, everything, um, it's, it comes in so many beautiful ways. And to me, I, just to hear a bird song, it's just like, oh, thank you, Lord. That's for me. You know, it refreshes. And it's like, I, I, I was thinking about it um, yesterday, that it's like all the senses feed this thankfulness. It's like they can, they can, you know, to see a smile. 
to see colour, clouds, dewdrops, to hear laughter, a stream, to smell a flower, to, to touch a human in love, to stroke an animal, to feel hot water wash over you. These are a few of my favourite things. <laughs> to taste beautiful food. So much has been given to stimulate this thankfulness. So it's every day and it, it affects our relationships as well as, as just our whole demeanour. Um, I, I can be going to, you know, be, between schools or whatever and, and it's just like this refreshing of, of thankfulness, this joy that bubbles up, you know. The joy of the Lord is not, our strength is not something that we, the joy of the Lord is my strength, I must claim it. Do you know, it's our substance of Him inside. And it, it spontaneously comes out if we are open to it. So, um, <laughs> in relationships, you know, it's interesting, um, when, when God, when I, did the big hit the fan thing, um, <laughs> and and God had to show me how to love um, in specific ways. It was interesting. The first thing He said to me was, "Keep a lilt in your voice." Now, what's that? Well, what I know is it's the opposite of anger, nagging, and complaining, and and sounding depressed and negative, isn't it? And and it changes the atmosphere everywhere. It changes the atmosphere in a home. It changes the atmosphere in a relationship. It's funny, the very first time I did um, experience this, I was a brand new Christian. He, he was so good to open, open my eyes to this. Early on, I was at university first year, and... Um, the music students used to meet, um, a few of us would meet for prayer every week. And right bang on in exam time, and we all, you know, tearing our hair out and everything. And there was this girl who'd been walking with the Lord way longer than me, because I had only been a Christian about a year. And she said, you know, we've got so much on, I don't think we should ask for anything. We should just thank God. I was just like, what the heck? I've got so many needs, surely, you know, uh, I need to pray about them, you know. And and it was like, because of that little moment, I can't remember, half an hour, hour, whatever, whatever it was, I, I experienced something. And what I experienced was that when I purposefully put that aside and just thanked him for who he was, no strings attached, you don't have to do this, this, and this for me. I just love you because you are you. You know? That um, all the anxiety and the, the panic and the fear and the, the sort of feeling overwhelmed, it just completely went. And it was like I, I was introduced to this, this beautiful thing that he does in us when we put him first, you know? Um, I remember a similar time being billeted with a friend and we, um, again, she was a bit older as a Christian and we were staying up in Auckland together and at the end of every day, she was the one that suggested it. She said, well, you know, let's think of ten things to thank God for that's happened through, through the day. 
I was a brand new Christian, but sure enough, there was at least 10 things each of us came up with. And as we did it, we realized how God was guiding us through the day. So we started to perceive God's hand in working in our day that we would have just completely glossed over. You know, not even thought that God was anywhere near, anywhere involved. So this, this posture actually, it, it puts us in a place to see, to see what he's doing. And it kind of, it's that place then that then we start to see with the eyes of the spirit and, and our faith is, is um, built up and encouraged and that faith starts to grow. It's an awesome thing. Hebrews 13:15 says, Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. So what would it be like to have that falling off our lips? The fruit of praise and thanksgiving. Literally falling off our lips. This is, it's not something that is put on, it's something that comes from within. But we need to realize that it's part of what he's given us. Ephesians 5, 19 to 20. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. There's a, an interesting thing he showed me um, a wee while back. I think it was earlier this year, actually. And it, it was regarding healing. And I had had some really bad sciatic um, problems and been laid out at the beginning of last year for about a, well, a good week or so, completely laid out with this excruciating pain. But anyway, in that, he showed me what it was to rest in him. Um, and, and he brought me, you know, he healed me, but the, the deep work was this, this resting. And, um, it started to twinge again and, and I was facing a really, really busy week with orchestra rehearsals and everything and it was like, ooh, I wonder what this week's going to go like. <laughs> if it goes, you know, like everything was promising it was going to go that way. And so I just said, Lord, you know, take it away like I always do. Pop the pills, <laughs> lay down and nothing abated. It didn't get any... Um, you know, the pain didn't go. And and I remembered just this, how he calls us to do this. And, and I just spent time just saying, Jesus, I love you. Over and over. Jesus, I love you. And the pain didn't go, but it wasn't about the pain. It was about him. And to dwell in that place and just love him because of who he is, not because of him giving me healing, not striving to make him do something that I wanted him to do, but just loving him. And, and he, he told me something then, I hope this doesn't sound weird, but he had told me prior that I was to lean into the pain and um, if, if you've had 
acute pain, you'll know that the last thing you want to do is lean into it. You want it, you draw back from it and everything in you tenses up and it actually makes things a lot worse. But to lean into pain is to go to a worse place than you already are, you know, and, and, but anyway, he told me to do that, so I did. Pain didn't go away. But this worship was just bubbling up. His word was alive and coming up and coming up. And eventually I fell, fell asleep. And through the night I would, I would wake up and this word was there, the pain was there, the word was there, the pain was there. And when it came to earlier in the morning, I again woke up, the word was there and it, this worship just loving him. And it was like I didn't even ask for the healing. It was, it was like a breath. You'll do it, but I'm loving you. Do you know what I mean? And to me, it was like he, he just wanted to show me that he is in control. And I don't have to try and manipulate the situation for what I want to come out. Now, he did heal me. <laughs> I got up and I was free of pain. But, but the, the thing was that he is, he is the center, not my situation getting better. And, and I just felt a freedom in that and, and I felt like that this preciousness of spending time just loving him for who he is. And I think that that is, is an absolute key in, in what we do. With Paul and Silas, interesting, they had just been beaten. Can you imagine actually being physically whacked around like that and then put in a prison, not just you know any old prison, but right into the... The, the worst place to be put right in the, down in the dungeon and they've put the chains on their feet and their hands completely confined in this cold, horrible, smelly place. And what comes out? What comes out is this thanksgiving and song and prayer. You know? See, this is what he's building into us now. He's, he's been talking to me recently about storms and um, um, Greg spoke about this briefly. The, the house on the rock and the house on the sand. Um, it's Matthew 7, a very significant chapter, that one. And, you know, you, you kind of just throw it off. It's a Sunday school story. Yeah, yeah, we build a house on God and... And we won't fall. <laughs> but what he was saying to me was, Sandra, both houses actually underwent the same stuff. Oh, I hadn't really thought of it like that. Mm. They both got rained on. They both got the streams coming up. They both got the wind beating and battering them. Anyone here know what it's like to go through a storm and be battered against. You want to experience that? Absolutely. It's life. And and God was saying to me, don't be surprised to be in a storm, Sandra. 
it's actually my design. It's part of life. Because you based your life on me doesn't mean that you're exempt from the storm. But you see, there's a major, major, major difference between those two houses. One comes crashing down. But one has a testimony. And that testimony is so clearly not that the house was great, but that its foundation was great. Yeah? And and this is the work that he is doing in us. He He needs to form Christ in us. And what has been formed in us, in our foundations that is not Christ, will fall. There is no doubt about it. It will fall. At that last day, if not before, it will fall. I really don't want to fall at that last day. And I'm sure none of you do either. But sometimes we take for granted that it's not so bad. But what is made of man will fall because it's, it's built on sand. But the rock is the rock. He, he has a name. And him being formed in us is not just us having this sort of external belief system that I believe in God over there. It, it is this indwelling presence of the vine who we abide in, and it's his ways that come out because our ways have died. And I am very, very keen for all of my ways to die because unless they die and he is formed in me, I will be, I will be shaken and I will come down with a great crash. But this, the, the actual reality of the storms is is for all of us and it's to strengthen because when it feels like we're falling it's time to ask the question okay so why is that what is there of of that's been built of man that is falling at this time do you know what i mean what is it that you're trying to show me that you want to build you there and um, one thing that he has, he has shown me in this situation is that when I start naming the elements of the storm, this has happened, this has happened, and this has happened, and this is, I'm already sinking. Yeah? That's what happened with, with Peter going out onto the water, wasn't it? But you know the beautiful thing is that we have been designed to do the impossible, to walk in places that should not be possible to walk, to walk in a way and with a life that is totally not possible any other way. That's what the walking out to Jesus on the water was all about, to demonstrate that this is possible. And I'm not talking about the physical walking on water. I'm talking about the the ability to do as Jesus did. So if Jesus walks on water... If Jesus is unperturbed about a storm, if he is asleep in a boat during a storm, it's possible for me to have that in me because he is the hope of glory in me, is he not? Yeah? So this is what I... And like we personally are facing some fairly big storms at the moment and I can testify now. Here's the testimony to the peace, to the joy that is like, how could that be? 
how is it that I'm not in fear at the moment? Because he has done this work and is continuing to do it so that that nothing holds fear. Even death has lost its sting. Why is that? Because you look at that, that death has lost its stings. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. You know why? Because the perishable has put on the imperishable. Our perishable mortal bodies pass away, but we have an indestructible life in Christ, which is imperishable and will continue on. This is why Christ in us is the hope of glory. This is why he is building us on the rock. But it needs to be done his way, his process. So, to summarize, rejoicing and thanksgiving is the food and fruit of intimacy. It's just loving him for who he is with no strings attached. Rejoicing and thankfulness releases sight of what God is working in and around us, which is where faith is formed and built. Rejoicing and thanksgiving is the language of the Holy Spirit. Like a fire constantly igniting hope and like the bubbling of the wellspring of life bringing gladness. If you look at Psalm 46, one of my favorites, You've got the world in tumult. You've got mountains falling into the midst of sea. Everything that was solid is shaken. And there nestled in 4 and 5, verse 4 and 5, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. It's the language of the Holy Spirit. He comes to make us glad. The holy dwelling places of the Most High, God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. That's the unshakable house on the, on the rock because he's, he is doing this process in us. And to me, the, the joy is so incomparable, indescribable of what we have. It's so indescribable and so immovable, so constant, and it's fed by this this constant supply right from his throne. That's what the kingdom of God is. That's what it is to be a citizen of heaven, to have a supply that is not of this earth. It's not about these circumstances. It's not about the things that are happening around us, but it's about him. So I would encourage you to, to start thinking about what he has given us and to, to ask yourself some questions. There might be some curly ones in, in the questions and I'd, I don't want people to start feeling condemned or anything, but I just want us to, to know what it is that he's calling us into, that he has this life for each one of us. And it is, it is worth letting go of everything for. I can totally testify to that because peace and, and joy and righteousness in the Holy Spirit has no equivalent that I'd want to go for. Thank you guys.